You know, call making for me has always been about the ducks. Now, it's about the ducks, honker specs, and our culture. To me, the culture of waterfowl hunting is about our shared values, respect, beliefs, traditions, knowledge, and it's that underlying sense of connection that all waterfowlers share. This is the Ducklander Podcast, and I'm Bobby Hayes. Hey, Ducklander Tribe. So today on the podcast, we are going to go over hauling ducks, so like physically reading ducks while we're out in the field. And there's a lot to this, so I'll cover a good portion of it, but this will probably take a podcast or two. Before I do that, we are about to get into full-on call building mode, so if there's something on the website you see, I will grab it. Um, we should have parts showing up any day now to start finishing out. We'll get the website restocked. But once we get into call finishing mode, um, I'm usually down for a few weeks. I put my head down and I knock a whole bunch of them out at once. But And we are also actively building content right now for a new section of the website. We are going to move a lot of the instructional. We're going to move that away from the standard platforms. We're actually going to put it on the site. So um, this is many, many categories of instructional. It's hunting, it's decoys, it's equipment, it's gear, it's gear reviews cooking. It, it is all kinds of stuff that's going on the site right now, and I'm actively building that, and we will get ready to, uh, to release what that is pretty soon, but it should be pretty exciting. So I'm hoping to I'm hoping to talk with many of you more personally on the website. Um, not particularly forum-based, but someplace where you can, you can watch content, especially instructional content, and you can reply to me directly on the site so we can keep social media out of it. But that is what I've got in the works right now. But today on the podcast, we are going to go over reading ducks. So I'm going to leave geese out of this right now. because Ducks and geese vary quite a bit. Um, so ducks are kind of their own thing. Geese are kind of their own thing. And specks are an entirely other thing. So for our purposes today, we're going to talk about calling ducks out in the field. And I've got a few rules that I live by on uh, calling ducks, reading ducks, but on any given day, these can just go totally out the window. So you want to take these as maybe a basis point uh, that you could maybe incorporate into your calling. And like I always say, I could be wrong, um, but this is just how I do it. So I'm going to share that with you today. So I believe the correct amount of calling is the least amount of calling. So whatever the minimum amount of calling you need to do that day to finish birds is usually the correct amount. Usually calling past that point only hinders your hunt. So it gives away your hide, and it allows more area for you to make mistakes in. So one of my just rules to, to live by that I use is the correct amount of calling is the, the least amount of calling. So that is just defined by however much calling it takes to finish a bird. Some days it's very little, some days it's a whole lot. But whatever that is, to me, is the correct amount. Uh, the second rule... And this is uh, pretty easy to, to grasp once you kind of put it together. Talking to a duck while you're hunting is very similar to talking to a person, in my opinion. You want your emotion and your inflection onto the sound you're making to be very similar to just a regular conversation. Like right now, if I just started yelling, y'all would wonder what the hell's wrong with you. So you can say the same thing with the duck call if you just are loud for no reason. Uh, it's just out of place, and animals don't particularly communicate that way. We don't communicate that way. 
So a good scenario or way to think about this is, let's say you were at a waterfowl show and you were looking at somebody's booth and your buddy was two or three booths down and he was looking at something else and you wanted to show him something that you were looking at. Well, it's loud and there's a lot of people, so you need to get his attention. But you don't start out yelling at him at the top of your lungs. Usually you would say his name and you would say it however loud you think you need to, to reach his ears. And then if he didn't hear you, you would say it a little louder. And then if he didn't hear it again, you would say it a little louder, but maybe you would say his name twice. Maybe you would say his name three times until he heard you. But you would increasingly get louder, and you would increasingly uh, accelerate or add the times you say his name, or the, the number of times you say his name. So your cadence would get more demanding, and your volume would get more demanding as you needed to get his attention, and he couldn't hear you. So this is very, very similar to calling a duck. So you want, in my opinion, you want to make enough noise with the correct emotion, which is the minimum, to get them to hear you. So I always pictured, I want the duck to strain to hear me just a little. Um, and then I increase from there until I think they hear me. That doesn't mean they're going to pay attention to me, but uh, that's not out of place. So that's just like calling your buddy. Same thing if guys, you guys got kids, you know, you start quiet and you get louder and you get more demanding but that is similar to hailing a duck so I always think about talking to waterfowl as that just how I would talk to a person and you know you can there's so many different inflections you do when we're just having a conversation like my inflection with the camera right now would be different than if somebody was sitting here with me and we were going back and forth but it's the same thing the other thing that I've noticed over the years is it doesn't particularly matter how good a note you can make on a duck call. It does help, but it's not the end-all, be-all of killing a duck or calling a duck or finishing a duck. It's more about the timing and how you're saying it, like what I just talked about, it, the, the inflection. Yeah, so I should probably define inflection. Inflection to me is the emotion you put on the note, not the, not the sound of the note. So if I make a hen very sharp and very fast, that is a more excited inflection, it's more demanding, it's more in a hurry. If I make a hen more slow, it would be the same volume, but just slower, then that is less in a hurry and less important, or just less demanding, so that's inflection. But so, to me, you can have a really good duck caller that makes mediocre notes, but they have impeccable timing. That happened to be, uh, some of my uncles that I grew up with, I wouldn't say they were I wouldn't say they made a very good note on a duck call, but they were really good at knowing when to make the notes. So that can be a game changer. So good notes, really good sounding ducks definitely help, but it's not the be all, end all of duck calling. Like I said, it's a lot of timing and it's just a lot of knowing when to make the sounds. So if we had to say, when do you make the sounds? So the old thing you hear is you hear, call on the corners. This is just a good default way to think about killing a duck, calling a duck, finishing a duck, however you want to say it, reading a duck. So um, for those of you that aren't watching, I'm going to try to do this with my voice too so you can visualize it. So if we just say, say we've just perfectly easy decoy setup, wind is straight at our back, sun's at our back, uh, so one of those days, you get the east southeast wind, right, in the winter. So if you would think of 
that decoy spread is a square, then you have four corners on your square. So those are your corners you're going to call at a duck. So let's just say you've got a southeast wind, right? So let's just say the ducks are spinning counterclockwise to your spread. Doesn't really matter which way they're going, but just for purposes of this discussion, they're spinning. They're they're spinning counterclockwise. Your first corner is the top right corner of the square. Your second corner is the top left, and then you have the two corners behind. So you have bottom left and bottom right. And I'll try to keep I'll try to keep this all straight when I say it. So your first place to hit a duck after it is circling you is the top right. So it is the far corner. The duck is not looking at you. You're actually looking at tail feathers on that corner. So that is the corner you're wanting to turn that duck and get him to make the loop around the spread again. And if he continues to make that loop and get lower, that's the corner to work that duck off of. You need to ignore the other three corners if he is continuing to continuing to spin and get lower. When you add a corner to this mix is when he no longer gets lower. So if you spin him once off that far right corner and he is continuing to circle but he's not coming down, now we want to try the other corner. So that's top left. That corner's a little trickier because that duck is now coming at you and now he can see you a little bit. So more aggressive calling on the top right corner, less aggressive calling on the top left corner. We're just keeping his attention inside of that box. And we just keep repeating until we get a reaction we want. So we have top right is where we start, top left is where we continue. So bottom left corner, we can add a little more, a little more confidence and bottom right corner is where we can add a little more confidence to that and get him to keep spinning. Now, the trick to this is, where's the finishing corner? Because, like I said, that wind is southeast, so the duck has to be headed east in order to finish. So the finishing corner is probably the top left. That means you're going to turn him on the top right corner, and when you give him your next node on the top left, that duck can then slide across the front of you and finish. So that's kind of a, a way to think about calling those ducks on the corners. And then, like I said, everything's a variable from that. But that is kind of like the base rule to apply. I'm hoping I explain that in the correct way. Like I said, that's part of this uh, new part of the website going up. I can stand in front of you guys on the video and physically show you what I'm talking about. But I'm trying to do it the best I can on this podcast. But so that, that would be calling on the corners to me. And when you're on those corners... If the duck can't see you, that's a time to be more aggressive. If the duck can see you or is in your direction with his eyeballs, that's a time to be more subtle most of the time. Like, that's just a good way to, to think about starting off. Now, past that, we've got to think about what we're saying. So, I don't like the terms hail call. I don't like any of that because I get a lot of people that will write in and say, hey, when do I blow a hail call? When do I blow a lonesome hen? When do I do all this stuff? And I don't personally think of it that way, so I don't like to explain it that way because I think it's confusing. So I go off of, of this. Anything that you do to a duck 
when it is far out and you're trying to get its attention is a hell call. That doesn't matter if it's an aggressive hen, if it's a real fast cadence hen, it doesn't matter if it's a really aggressive feed. Whatever you do to get the duck's attention is a hail call. So you, you take that and you, you really only have two things you're going to do while you're calling a duck. You have hens and you have feeds. So past that, there's, there's some clocks and packs, but I put that into either the feed or just shorter hens. So a hen to me is a quack to define that, so everybody knows what we're talking about here. So you have hens and you have feeds. So, but in my opinion, anything you do to, to, to get a duck's attention is a, a hail call. There is no set in stone like hail call cadence to me. It's whatever you do. So if the duck is at a distance and you can't get its attention, man, rip on it, do whatever you want because you're not going to hurt it. As soon as you get the duck coming to you, that's when you might want to change up some things. But I I hail a lot with two or three hints. I don't really particularly need that to sound super realistic. I just need them to be loud, aggressive, and I may do those three hints really slow. They may be spaced out, so they may be slower than they may just be three loud, aggressive hints that are very distinct. I may run those hens together and do them really fast. I may hail at a duck with just a really aggressive feed. It may just be chatter. I may not even throw hens in it, because all I'm trying to do is get their attention. I'm not trying to sound like a duck at that point in time. I just want attention. And then as the ducks get closer and I start hitting them on corners, that's when I try to sound more like a duck or more real. That's when I want the calling to become as real as I can make it. This is when calling skill, like the actual ability to run a duck call, can affect how good your hunt is for that day. Because somebody that can make some real, really realistic hens and feeds does have an advantage over somebody that just has timing. But you can kill them with just timing. So the other thing you can really think about when you're working birds, like I said, there's so much to this. My God, I could do four-hour podcast on this. So this is just a real let's say a basic way to look at this in general or basic way I look at this in general if I'm on a a pond and they're loafing in that pond well they're just not going to be super aggressive at that point of their day they're not particularly fighting with each other they're just going down and loafing so that's not always a place to be the most aggressive so I generally start out less aggressive on that scenario and see what they respond to. Maybe that day they want to be super aggressive, but I start with what the situation dictates. If I'm in a cornfield and it's a feeding frenzy, well, then I'm going to start aggressive and go from there. But So I try to let the cadence, the inflections, the emotion I'm putting into the call, it's kind of dictated by what we're hunting, where we're hunting. Now, this can change a little bit if you're on private ground, if you're on public ground, depending on how many people around you. But anymore, you can have just about as many people around you on private as you on public. But more people you get, generally, the more aggressive you get with your calling if you're a good caller because you can start taking birds. But that's a whole, whole other topic. But so those are some, just some general ways to think about running a duck call and reading birds. And I'll leave it with this. You can generally tell if you're really paying attention to the bird, to the ducks, when you're calling them. If you mess up, 
you can generally tell the second that you have messed that up. So that is what you put in your memory bank, and you know, okay, so I did this last time, I hit that note, he did not like that. So those are the things you're building up in your mind. So it's not as much you're learning what to do as you're learning what not to do most times when you're calling a duck. And uh, a good way to see this is if you're not calling and you're watching somebody call. You shouldn't be a NASCAR and the ducks are coming in, but if you're keeping an eye on them, you can tell immediately when who's ever calling messed up on those ducks. So that's what you really want to watch for. You want to watch for response. And as soon as you get a good response, you want to stay in that pattern. Whatever that cadence, that inflection, whatever you're doing, when you get a bad response, you've got to back off, change something up. But, so until next time, tribe, be good.